Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street, episode 170. Today's October 7th. The Yankees are not playing baseball anymore, which honestly may be a good thing, if we're being honest here. Uh, the Yankees lose 6-2 to to the Red Sox. You could say the, the shit where we were, you know, 20 cumulative feet away from Stanton having a three-home run, three run game. That's a different game altogether. I choose to not say things like that. Yeah, it could exist in like 11 out of the 30 ballparks. Those are home runs, whatever. Not an excuse for this game, not an excuse for the way this team has played all year. And to be very honest, I'm ve- I was very upset. I'm still very upset, but like I'm a little bit over it because this team is, and I'm not saying that in a way that, you know, this will make them look themselves in the mirror and give them a reality check because I don't think that'll happen. I hope that happens. I don't know if it will, but I'm just happy because this team is so goddamn dysfunctional. We've been talking about it all year. There's a reason why there was such a roller coaster. And, you know, I guess we're just getting right into it, right? <laughs> just pouring, pouring out all of our thoughts out of the gate. Um, but yeah, uh, before we get into all that, I just kind of got ahead of myself. How are we doing? Bad. Not great. Not great. But um, I, I I will say that I um, I will take a drink. I will take a drink. I um, I was a lot less upset this year than I have been in previous years. Let me um, put it this way for you, Damon. Sure. Just, it, tell me if this is accurate. Okay. Because I was feeling the same way. I'm not sad and heartbroken like I usually am. You're disappointed. I'm. <laughs> I'm no. I'm pissed. I'm mad. Like I'm furious. I'm not upset. I just like randomly during the day i'm just like what the fuck did i just watch for the last six months yeah Yeah. sad sad would be like oh my god we lost because we got outplayed mad is like we put a team out there that didn't deserve to fucking win or or knowingly like i i've saw a lot of people saying this a lot of people overreacting but a lot of it isn't overreacting people are saying you know this team has gotten or this this organization has gotten just complacent with being good and that i think that was your that was your article chandler right it was but yeah, also so. so after that i was listening to r2c2 and even cc ripped him which is big because he has a reputation to maintain but like me nobody gives a fuck what i say people are gonna tell me to go fuck myself regardless of what i say so that's fine but like cc has a reputation to maintain and he put it this way and i thought it was just so telling he's like the red sox beat our ass in 2018 with a completely different core Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley, Ben Attendee, all left. 
they came in and beat our ass again three years later with a totally different core. We've had the same core since 2017, and we haven't done dick with it. We've re- we've regressed with the with a core that's supposed to be the class of the American League. That 2017 team, we took that team one game from the World Series with Chase Headley, Jacoby Ellsbury, Todd Frazier, Sonny Gray, like. Uh, Seems like the rest of the league has closed the gap on us. I mean, (laughs) I can't believe you fucking said that. That's something you said. Everybody's on what? Everybody said it out loud. Won the World Series in his tenure, and he's saying they closed the gap. There was never. There was never any gap. They won one. They've won one AL East title in his tenure here. That's what that shows you right there. Where this fucking organization's head their headspace their thought process is at they're so goddamn arrogant that they can't even accept that they're not good i mean did you see i mean every, this the writing's on the wall like every he knows he when asked about his job which i'm i'm not a fan of people asking him that question he is a person at the end of the day but like what do you what is he no, gonna say what's he gonna comment on it but regardless what's he gonna comment like what, what are your thoughts on like you basically getting rehired and he was like i, I don't know what's like what do you say there obviously I don't think it's and people are saying fire. He's not going to get fired. He's just not going to get the option picked up or, or get renew the contract. We're not going to have any real change if if Cashman is still here because he has and there are so many numbers that I'll just I I have it listed right here. But that and and I don't have the context of the rest of the league how much they've spent in this time frame. But I, did I show you guys this stat of how much the Yankees or or Cashman has spent? You yeah. did, and when you do, I since have a 2001, that, so pause for me. Since 2001, baseball's age of enlightenment, Cashman has spent $4.4 billion on Yankees payrolls, winning one championship at 13 seasons ago. I mean, another thing, too, just like since Boone has become manager, we've, you've, you, everybody's seen the graphic. We've just slowly been trending in the wrong direction. I mean, 2017, his first year as manager, with this current core, uh, 2017 lost in the ALCS. 2018 lost in the ALDS. 2019 lost in the ALCS. ALDS wild card game just not going in the right direction, and it's clear that that something needs to change. It's, see, I think this all boils back down to what we said in the beginning. It's like we're not sad; we're angry because we knew the outcome. There, this is different from all those other years. Like 2017, we weren't supposed to be there. But we were like kind of the team of destiny. Destiny DD was doing it. Like it, that was fun. And I was sad because I actually thought we had a chance going in. Not yeah, we were going into it. Mm-hmm. Then 2018, like we, we were looking good as well with Stanton's first real year. Was that was that was his first year, right? Yeah, it was 2018. Yeah. Like it, all those years, you feel a little bit more confident about things, and then this time it's just like no, this we're, we got the moves we made at the deadline. Aside from Rizzo, which was the the move that makes sense for the way this team should be going, adding Gallo, and I knew this going in that moment. It was like I wanted Gallo just because it's funny right now, but I know it's going to be a horrible idea later. And lo and behold, it's fucking horrible now. It's just the way I see this Yankees organization, how they handled that trade deadline, is like the fix for this team is not available in the form of one player. So mm-hmm. and And the way that they handled it. And this is obvious. So their mentality about that deadline, it was, this was on purpose. They, they meant to do this. It wasn't like, Oh, let's just get Gallo to get Gallo. They did it because the way a home runner bus team works is it's all luck and, and things have to just happen all at once. It's like, you're very streaky, i.e. what is happening with this team. So the last hoorah, like, like just absolute 
Home Mary. run, Hail Mary, is to add another boomer bust guy and just hope that they all hit at the same time. And that's what they, that was the only thing they could have done in that situation because, like I said, you know, getting Marte in that situation probably would have made them better for the long haul and would have made them better right now, but it wouldn't have made a monumental shift in this team's odds to win this year. Adding a boomer bust guy with the hope that he just goes nuclear during that time, that's what their mentality was. And that was kind of the only option because this team was fucked from the get-go. And that's, you know, you understand that, but for it to get to the point of being fucked from the get-go, that's that's years in the making of making bad decisions and, and making it. So you know, that's, that's just my thought process on the whole thing. So To me, the, the I, deadline... Just go ahead, Murphy. Uh, yeah, it's quick. On, but yeah. Basically, I kind of just feel like every single year it's been we're one guy away. We got to go out. We got to get Sin. We got to go out. We got to get Cole. And I think it took this year to kind of realize that this offseason we're not one guy away. We've got to scrap some things. And we have to make a lot of changes. It's not even a player. We're a whole the mentality, the philosophy, the structure, the philosophy, everything from the ground up of this team is fucked. You can keep running it out there every year. You can you have your two except guys Matt and Blake. Mike except Matt Blake. But <laughs> like you look at the fucking construction of this lineup, and Michael Kate talked about it today, and you know what? Good on him for having the fucking balls to say it. Who on this team's untouchable other than Judge and Stanton? Who do you have to have Cole. in your lineup next year out of this team? Nobody. Nobody on this team's off the table. The you offensive have two guys lineup you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not I mean, obviously. Other than that, I think the main people you bring back, and I think we're probably all on the same page here, is Judge Sten. That's, uh, and for, let's, let me start with that. Judge and Sten, obviously, it's, and Kay said this too, it's amazing the, how quick Sten was able to changed the the narrative on him and how everybody loves him and we've we've said this before before he went nuclear again in the playoffs i like that term i'm gonna keep using it like we we, we put out that clip that was like just accept stand for who he is he's not going to be an mvp but he's a damn good player he's having a damn good year and then he went proceeded to potentially be an mvp and what he also said at the tail end of that was that to all the dickheads who were saying we should try to trade him and throw him in and even eat his contract, mm-hmm. now is the time where we could trade him and nobody wants. And nobody to. wants to trade him and because that's now just the way it works. Good enough for his people bite some of his contract, and now like nobody, no Yankees fan in their right mind wants to get rid of him. Right no, now. and and we'll maybe let's let's getting. table that question right now. Would you trade Giancarlo Stanton? Because before, absolutely like, not. I don't think we. I don't think we were talking about. I, don't, I I wasn't on this podcast talking about trading him mainly because, like we said, there, even if we wanted to didn't fucking make any sense to. And that I right. think mainly the only the biggest argument to trading him would is the injury stuff and yeah. you know that there's no reason to trade him. It just sucked having that contract if he was going to continue to be hurt, but he proved he could play the field now. So I mean, take a look at he never proved that he couldn't. He never proved that he yeah, couldn't. Yeah, the organization the decided he couldn't. And they fucked him. And it drives me fucking crazy. I've never been on the trade Stanton train I've been a big Stanton fan this whole time here you can check the tape uh the only time I even suggested it was when we were below 500 heading into the deadline and we were talking about selling and if you sell the number one reason that you sell is to shed payroll and to open up big holes by getting rid of Stanton which again I don't I'm not advocating for it because I don't think a total sell-off was necessary I'm just saying if it got to that point he makes sense because of the contract, which I don't even think is that bad. You pay $22 million a year for that production any day. But oh, you trade him off because of the contract. Yeah. yeah. 
the contract, the years, and he takes up a DH or an outfield role, and there's it gives you a little bit more lineup flexibility. But I don't want that to happen. I never have wanted that to happen. I think if you want to be competitive next year, which we're a long fucking way away, because I think this – I you said you don't think it's a reality check. I do. I think being I hope it is. You know, and I, I think the embarrassment started before this game. Getting yeah. beat when the season's on the line against the Rays with nothing to play, 12-2 to two at home. Yes. They just spit on your dead body. I like mean, the they, embarrassment is all up and down this season, getting swept by the Tigers, getting losing or losing the series. I'm pretty sure the season series against the Orioles or, or coming close to a split with them is ridiculous. I mean, the Orioles haven't won more than four games against any other team, and we they won like nine against us. We accounted yeah. for like 20% of same, their total wins this year. I think before the Rays series, we had the exact same record as the Rays against teams not named the Baltimore Orioles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 80 and 60, was it? Yeah, but yeah. it was I was before we played yeah. the last series of the Rays, but those yeah. games matter. And and here's the thing too. It, it, yeah, you you can't really say let's turn around 10 of those games and make up the ground that we like play give us the the division. But I mean, you take one game against the Tigers, one game against the Orioles, and all these games where you're just punting them away because it doesn't matter. That's in the in the moment. That's what Boone and them were deciding. Like, yeah, let's just throw fucking Every Nick Nelson. Start. Let's throw Nick Nelson or Heaney out there because we're we're playing for tomorrow, and that's the mentality of this year. This that was the main thing. They're playing for tomorrow that's been the every mentality day for four or five years I know. now. And I'm just one last thing on that is like if you don't punt one of those games and you win one of those games. Wild card game is playing at home, and, and that's yep. and then that's three home runs for Stanton. I mean, obviously, you know, situations change. Those balls aren't hit the same way, but like being home, that's like not not. I'm saying not only the fact that those balls statistically would have gotten out because it's not an exact, you know, those moments would happen in the Bronx, but like you're home there, things change. I mean, I don't really think it matters at the end of the day. I don't think we were going to go very far, but that's just we lost how many games after we were up three. After the seventh inning, it was the highest in the league, like by far. I think it was like five yeah. or six. Like, well, I, you win two I, of those games. Yeah, I, I think that this just like this just kind of wraps together the entire um, like feeling and what we've been kind of going through this entire season with this team. It's incredible hot streaks. It's incredible slumps. It's incredible hot streaks. Incredible slumps, and like just staying in the race close enough to have us continue to be interested and continue to have some faith. And like, even though like we all pretty much thought in the back of our minds that this team wasn't really going to, this is not a world series team. And I think that we all kind of had that mentality entering, you know, towards the end of the year, even in these playoffs, like I didn't really, didn't really think we had a world series team put together. And I know we could have gone on a run we could have gotten hot in the playoffs and yada, yada, yada. But that's just like, again, the first thing I said when this podcast opened up was I wasn't that upset I was in previous years because I was kind of expecting us to lose. And I was only really continuing to be like, oh, okay, we have a chance, we have a chance, we have a chance because they were just hanging on just close enough for us to feel like they actually had a chance. And it kind of made every Yankee fan like blinded by how poorly structured this team is. And really, like this is this group of people is not going to win a championship, especially with in the division that is only getting better. And, you know, the Rays are incredible. Red Sox 
surprise everybody. The Blue Jays are going to be fucking terrifying next year. Like, this is not going to cut it in the well, A lot of people in Blue Jays well, are not coming back. Simeon's a free agent. Yes, they are. Uh, well, they may They're come all back. They're coming back. Simeon's Vladdy a free agent. Simeon and Ray. That's well, it. Simeon and Ray are two you know. enormous people in, in this okay. season for them. They're, yes, but that but team here, is young and can only get better. I agree. I just wanted to mention that. There's also that. a bunch of just other a, free agents that they can sign. Exactly. And they've got the money and the the allure now of having that young core, but just to put a bow on it, you know, you're bouncing back and forth talking about if the bullpen didn't do this and blow a three run lead, if he didn't start those games, it all boils down to one point, And that's the fact that they're complacent and they're fine with being good. Not great. That's all tied under that. You can point to one thing over the other. Yeah. If he didn't start and give up 10 in two innings, then yeah, they could have. If you didn't bring in Nick Nelson in a four-run game, then yeah, it could be different. But it's the mentality that cruising and playing for tomorrow is okay. The Blue Jays don't do that. The Rays, Look at the fucking Rays. The, the Rays, Rays don't do that. Don't do the that. last game of the season, they're stealing bases. They're tagging up. They're playing hard. They're making diving plays. Because every game matters. They're having fun, and they give a fuck. I mean, look, look this is a little more broad. Um instead of, like, you know, individual games. But take a look at the Dodgers. They won the World Series last year, and then they signed Trevor Bauer, and then they signed Max Scherzer and Trey Turner during the trade deadline. Three fucking all-stars onto a... They're, like... Yeah, they literally won the World Series, and they, and they added and a, then a, a they potential added, MVP in Trey Turner, who's having an MVP year. That's two Cy Youngs. He's been my, and two Cy Youngs. Well, and Trevor Bauer's not really playing. But, but regardless, they, yeah, they, they made the move. They, they made the move it. to go after him. And they still could have lost in the same game as yeah. we did. Regardless, Whereas that's the that's Giants just are doing the, Giants. the same thing that the Rays are doing. Well, that's the, that's the never, and that's what uh, Kay did. I don't want to just keep you know saying what Kay said, but he brought up a lot of good points, and he's saying like you brought up the Giants doing the Giants thing, and may, maybe they can do that now, but we cannot. We can't. We're not. No, we don't I have the analytics department. We can't just do that. We have to be the Yankees that. and just buy players, but buy good ones. We have the money and the resources to make it happen. And this I, that's why I'm a little, genuinely a little optimistic, and I think this goes back to what you were saying, Chandler, but a little bit of what you, the, the premise you were saying is like the reality check. And if, in fact, here, here's the thing. There is an opportunity to go clean slate and change everything right now. Will they do it? That's on them. But like, if we were, it, let's, and then we can segue this into this segment because we've been rapping a lot about just the team overall, and we have some structured things we want to hit. If we were the manager, or not the manager, the GM right now, or the owner right now, let's make it the owner. If you're Hal Steinbrenner right now, because you have the final say, what are you doing? First move, Chandler. Clearing house from uh, Cashman's my first a lot one. Of moves. <laughs> a lot of moves. <laughs> I said one move. Priority, main <laughs> priority. Everybody. Uh, main priority then Cashman buy like, everybody me... sign everybody <laughs> no well no 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 find bad people hire even, the good people <laughs> I'm not even saying like he's being cheap which I think it's absolutely ridiculous that he won't go over the luxury tax don't get me wrong I think it's you're the Yankees in your house time brother you can afford to do it go fuck yourself if you tell me you can't but you know what here's the thing you still have two hundred plus million to make a roster and this is what you shit out. Yeah. The Rays built that with seventy million. There's a that's what I'm saying. The people who are put in place by Brian Cashman to go out and evaluate and develop talent are not there. They're not there and they haven't been for a long time. And it's like what CeCe was saying. 
these guys have developed two, three cores and won these separate times with separate cores. We're not. We're out here with the same core that should theoretically be getting stronger together, and they're falling apart in front of our eyes. That's because, A, you don't have the guy to identify a manager to hold the players accountable and get shit going in the right direction, and B, you don't have the guys in place to develop and sustain the talent. Like, so what's your I'm, what's I'm, your move? Fire Brian Cashman. Okay. I agree. To the, I, I, and, well, so, and the, the money. The money is one of – and here's the perfect example, and then I'll pass it over to the next one. The offseason that Bryce Harper was a free agent, and he commanded, what, 300 over 13? Yep. So less than $30 million average uh, annual value. He was basically flinging himself on you. Like he it was he would play first. Cut. No, no, no. He didn't just say he would play first. At the end of the year, the Nationals played at Yankee Stadium. He shaved his giant-ass beard and was taking first-base practice in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium in front of them. He was sitting there throwing himself, drooling to be a Yankee, and you didn't even fucking call him. What'd you do? You had Zach Britton, Troy Tula fucking Witzke, Adam Adovino, and DJ, which DJ worked out fine. His two-year total man, absolute still. No, he didn't. Yes, we he just did. traded. He was, he was dominant in the in the regular season, but he was just the one, worst postseason pitcher ever. Okay, for either way, we, you know. the, here here's the bottom line, and then you ink Hicks to a seven year seventy million dollar extension. Here's the thing: that's bad. Rather than throwing seven moves at the wall and hoping one sticks, just a or maybe two stick, like oh shit, we solved two problems. Go out and get the fucking known. Bryce Harper's about to go win an MVP this year. The only person that's still on the roster from that offseason, in my eyes, is DJ. And you had to sign him to a massive extension. Like, Hicks, I don't think – I really and truly, I don't know that he's going to play a full season ever again. I don't either. Britain, Hicks? Yeah. I, I, I thought that was obvious. I think Hicks should be just retire. Oh, no, I agree. And then Britain, Britain missed this entire year, and next year is the last year on his contract. He's not playing. Britain's gone. Tulowitzki, go fuck yourself. And then – Ottavino, we traded for cap space. So you tell me, with the same amount of money or close to it, you could have got a 26-year-old superstar who's won an MVP, who's done it, who's on track to be a Hall of Famer. We have that guy already. That's why, though. It doesn't matter. Why why do you stop at one? The Dodgers have 10. There's a reason they win World Series, and we don't. Yeah, I mean it's obvious. That's that's all to say Cashman should go, and everybody knows that because when you're you, you get that kind of money, you get that kind of an allowance from your owner. You you got to make it work, and you got to stop getting like all of the moves seem like they're bad. And there's a few that people say like, oh, look at what they did with Voight, and he that was the diamond in the rough. Now look what they did, what they did with Voight. So it's just like all of the good the moves one. are counteracted too. There, there's a few good ones, but it's not. Well, outweighed so the by the moves. the misuse of the assets he's been given or the even vo- the trade deadline it's every single trade deadline up until this year which i didn't get to this point earlier but i think the gallo and rizzo was a desperation panic move that that's was who said. can yeah, i yeah. well no yeah that's what i'm saying that was to save face of the franchise that was i don't care if we make the playoffs but we're not finishing below 500 so the typical thing stop me if you've heard this before July 31st comes and goes, and then at about 5 o'clock on July 31st, wherever you are, everybody's been checking their phone all day, you get this notification. Cashman speaks to the media. We had our eyes, we had a lot of fishing pulls out there, Stop, but nobody would this. really yeah. take the bait. And they're just like, hey, 
fuck you. Like the asking price was a little too high. You know, the Yankee tax, like, guess what? Get the fuck over it. That's what you just going to never trade for anybody ever again. Yeah. Damon, what's your and, and that's what pisses me off is that last little thing here is that if you're not going to, this is one <laughs> thing. It all boils down. He's just, he's comfortable. I'm right. mad. It's impossible well, to limit you. It is. Continue, I mean, I'm just continue. mad at this. The <laughs> only thing is I'll finish it. Finish it on this is if you're not going to trade your fucking prospects, play them. I eat Luis Hill over Andrew Heaney. If you're gonna, if you're gonna hoard True. them, fucking play them. Damon. I'll get a little more uh, specific. Um, Ten minutes later. Yeah. I think that move one is, I think, this may not be like the first move you do, but I think a high priority thing is trading Voight. Well, everything that we say from here on out, I just like, want to clarify, assuming the other the prior move was made. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, obviously, so Cashman's I, gone already. This yeah. isn't your first move. It's, yeah, I agree I agree with that. And like the whole next. like structure of the team needs to be changed. Whatever, I said that before. So Cashman's I think, on you're the new GM. What do you do? Well, yeah. Owner. Well, you're Hal. <laughs> I signed myself as GM. <laughs> um, no, I think that Void is the he's the uh, the piece that kind of like can trickle down a lot of different moves. And I think freeing up that, um, saying trade void, trading void, yeah, because I think that, um, I think it's a telltale sign, especially at the end of the season, that Glaber is meant for second base and he cannot play shortstop. Um, and I think he's going to be, he, I think he should play second base next year. I think we move DJ to first, trade void, um, and then try and find, try and sign an all star, an all star uh, shortstop that. Is a contact, speedy, great fielder. Corey Seager. And his name is Corey Seager. And is a lefty. And is a lefty. And I think that... the Dodgers. (laughs) And I think that solves a lot of things. And not, you know, it's not the one, that's not the only thing we can do, but that sure as hell changes the lineup a little bit. And the biggest part about all that is that you start to kind of build around your two gigantic best hitters judge and stand. We saw them for the first time this year, play an entire season together. And it was exactly what we dreamed of. It was these two guys carrying this team literally. And the rest of the guys around them were kind of subpar. So I have a question for, for the table, uh, on that judge and stand being good and, and playing for a full season for the first time. A lot of what you, you know, will do going forward, and, and if you really trust that they will do, like, basically what I'm asking you guys is, do you have enough confidence that they can do that again to build around them as a team? Yes. If, because if you don't, then you trade them. Because that they are value, their values are at an all-time high, and that that's, that's the main question here. Do you think they can do what they just did again? Yes. Okay. So you build around them, and I agree. I just wanted to put that out there because that's something that they have to ask themselves as well. It's like, can they do that again? Because they they clearly have a lack of trust in both of them doing that what they did, and they're sitting there like, wow, I can't believe we got 140 something out of Judge and Sen this year. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy what happens when you let the fucking players play. But that is is the main thing here, and I agree with you. I think uh, I personally think, and this isn't my one move, but I just think the whole team on on the trade talks and everything like that. This whole team, the like a te- I don't know if I said this to you off air before. It definitely was. So, just like a team doesn't need to have every one through fucking eight hitters 
be a home run hitter. It doesn't need to be that way. We can we can well, and and when we have two guys that are as amazing as home run hitters as they are, as Judge and Sen, two of the best in the league in that regard, and you're stuck with Gallo after this year too. I don't see a reason to have a guy like Voigt who is just a home run hitter again as well. Like I think you just take those three that you're stuck with for next year. Those are the home run hitters, and you surround them by people that are just high contact guys. Like I.e., I'm not these guys may not even be available, but I I know for sure Starlin Marte is, and he is top of my list. That's I, I guess that's spoiler that that's my move. But I'm just saying like surround those power hitters by just all contact speed fielding guys, the guys that I like that I've that I've said that on the podcast before. Guys like Trey Turner. Guys like Whit Merrifield, guys like Starlin Marte, guys like th- these type of players, Corey Seager, all of these guys who will just get on base because another huge stat, and I don't even need to pull up the, sp- the active stat on this because we brought it up multiple times during the year. Majority of our home runs are solo shots. Why is that? Because we can't get fucking on base. So how do we fix that? Surround them by high batting average guys, high OBP guys who get on base and... Get him in. It's like Billy Bean says in Moneyball. What does he do? Gets on base. There you okay. go. I, I was hoping that I was hoping that he would. I, 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 didn't, I saw you point at Damon, but I couldn't tell which side he was on because <laughs> yeah. from my screen, you're pointing the opposite direction. That <laughs> you were pointing at me on your screen. Yeah, so yeah. I was it's like, a, I saw it's Damon a gearing up, but no, definitely Murphy. Oh no, wait. You told um, yours. Do you want to elaborate on Starla Marte? Are you done? I, I, I might as well. So I, I think yeah, I, I tweeted ahead. this Mine's too. Not Starla Marte anyway. So okay. So, Spoiler alert. Okay, well, it's perfect. But um, I've been saying this at the deadline, and that's why I said it at the deadline is because, and that's why I was so high on him. And, you know, f- funny enough, he ended up being great for the athletics. Sucks for them because they didn't make the playoffs and they ended up spending on a rental and they lose. Um, what's his fucking name? The lefty. Uh, I just blanked on his name. Lazardo. Yeah, Jesus Lazardo, who's potentially going to be a very good starting pitcher in this league. Which, you know, that's the gamble you take. And kudos to them for trying to win. Us as well. Now we're stuck. But we have Gallo for another year, I would say at least. But I don't, I'm not happy about that. Rizzo, we'll talk about that situation in a second. I was so high on Starlin Marte because I saw him as the genuine fix in center field for years to come. With Hicks being just a useless body. And I don't think, like you said, Chandler, I don't think he plays for a full season if not any games, to be very honest. Like I, and I, don't, I don't want it to be like, oh, let's wait for Hicks to get healthy. Because even when he was playing, he wasn't good. So it's it's two things now. It's he's bad and he's unhealthy. So it's not a let's wait until he gets back. It's, it's let's go find ourselves somebody else. Jacoby and Ellsbury. the anchor of your defense is the center fielder and the shortstop, two of the hardest positions to play. Shut up. Hold on a second. No, I'm and not saying anything. What? I was signaling that I would like to add something when you're done. So <laughs> okay. before you get all aggressive. I'll, I'll mark down that that's your – I'll add something to that signal so I won't get Thank aggressive you. again. Yeah, so, that was fucked up. Uh, you just need to take it down like four notches. All right. So Starlin Marte, since he joined the A's, he just did not miss baseball. He was batting like 500 for the second half of the year. Basically stole 47 bags, plays gold glove caliber defense, he hits for average. He does everything. He's a righty, but that's okay when you get other lefties like Seager and other moves like that. Not every Here's a, a ditch we don't want to fall into. Not every move we make has to be a lefty because then we have the same issue of the same side being all lefties. So we can, contrary to popular belief, get some righties as well. But 
We also have that's a really why good switch hitter coming through the system. I don't know if you guys heard about this guy, uh, Jason Dominguez. <laughs> that's that's a few years away though. But oh, uh, you mean still, uh, still, still, but like, I mean, for, uh, you're thinking of how if you're signing Seager to a five year contract because he's a lefty in five years, Dominguez is going to be up here. Like you're so. right, and that's a that's a good point though, the Dominguez thing because Starlin Marte's prime is pretty much a pretty good hand me off time frame for yeah. Dominguez because that's like two more good years of. Starlin Marte, and then he'll probably still be good after that. But you're getting prime Marte, go win with Marte, and then you pass the baton to Dominguez. That's perfect. That's I, everything about it. I love, and we need a center fielder. So, and when you have him in center, you got Judge in right, and you can play Stanton in left. Confirmed. That is a damn good outfield, and Starlin Marte can be your fucking leadoff hitter if DJ doesn't want to be anymore, and DJ can be, but Starla Marte's got the contact and he's got the speed that DJ didn't have before. And we've seen what a team with speed can do on this team. Like, even with the... See, that's why I want these guys, and I mean, I guess kudos to me a little bit, because I've always asked for the good fielders with speed and contact, and why why has the next man up been working for us? It's because the guys that we bring up are just shittier versions of that. So why not just get the good versions of that and be a fucking good team? And you, you see the teams that are good are the ones that have the good versions of that, like Trey Turner and Juan Soto who gets on base and doesn't fucking swing. And, like it's, That's what works. Dude, Juan Soto almost had a 500 on base this year. Yeah. That's why I okay, like okay, those Can players. I add my stat now? Yeah, go ahead. My, just, it, it's to support you. Excuse me um, for the monologue. No, it's okay. Um, excuse you for snapping at me. I'll just you know, go, please. I'll let that one go. Okay. So men of respect on this podcast. Stop the pleasantries and just get after it. So, <laughs> did you? I'm pretty sure you showed it to me. But the stat that uh, Jacoby Ellsbury played more games in his time yeah. with the Yankees than Hicks. Yep. Through their first like four seasons or whatever. I did yeah, not yeah, see let that. Me, let me find out what I I'm pretty sent sure it you Slack sent it. Good for you. No, I yeah. sent it. Wow, Thanks Murphy really contributed to the Slack. slack. Yeah, and you guys weren't even paying attention. How, How are, are you? Pull it up. Uh, I mean, <laughs> hey, Murphy, I gotta say, I love your little jacket there. I just want to point that out. Oh, thank you. I actually, for got the audio there. only crowd, the audio nice only crowd, you're missing out. Nice Mur- Murph's Murph's outfit right now is on point. Matching hat. I noticed. Don't think we didn't notice. Very it's fall. Decent. It's a Boston College hat, so I turned it around. Girl, you're, you're, you're killing it right now. Well, turning it All around right, so now Jacobi is useless. <laughs> Jacoby Ellsbury played 27 more games in four seasons with the Yankees than Aaron Hicks has played in his six seasons with the Yankees. <laughs> Fucking useless piece of shit. Fun also, did you guy. see him in the dugout? He looks fat. Like he was yeah, never I skinny. said that. I said fat. that. Bro, I mean, you're was, you're just he, collecting a no, check no. to sit in a bench for the next year. You might as well just let he loose. He was already fat, but he's bigger than he was. No, he, he looks was like pudgy. the fat he was Alvin pudgy. Chipmunks guy. He all right, let's move on to more important back. topics. Murphy, talk what's all your... off-season. It's a long off-season. You can talk all off-season about how, how fat Hicks is and how many hole-in-ones he gets he looks when he really plays big golf. Murphy, what's your, what's your one move, Murph? So I think I'm surprised nobody said this yet. I kind of was like preparing other ones because I realized I was going last. But I think we need to get somebody who can both play catcher and hit. Yes. Uh, yeah, that would help. So... I think Kyle Higashioka is a great backup catcher, but I don't think he's anything more than that. So what's uh, what's Austin Hayes's? Not not Austin Hayes. Austin Wells. Wells uh, ETA. Not I mean, he 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 was a college guy, but like I'm not really that confident in a rookie catcher either. You got to have somebody to kind of go between. I'm giving up on Gary Sanchez, as I'm sure just about everybody is. So <laughs> Murphy, can I add, uh, add a one A to yours? 
yeah, just real ahead. quick. Zanino has a player option. And so, I yeah, think here, that's actually oh, where so I, I had this on my list as one of my things. If Zanino's option, I could be wrong, but I think the Rays have a pretty damn good catcher and close to the majors. I think if Zanino is let loose, I think that's so, almost priority A of the offseason. He do yeah. you remember in 2020 in the LDS when Glass now is just spiking curveballs and he saved like 10 runs back there? Yo, he's I a don't damn care. good defender. I don't so care he, that he here's can't where catch. this all ties in. Or I mean he can't hit rather. But so here's where it all ties in. We're talking about how we don't need all these home run or bus guys, whatever. So if we that. go ahead assuming we go ahead and build the team, as you guys said, with a bunch of contact guys. He's the home runner bus guy. But if you really think about it in baseball, there aren't that many catchers that can do both. No, there aren't. Like at all. Which there is really why I would, so and I would always and the prioritize. That, and the ones that can do both are locked up, and they are not available. Yeah. Do you want me to read you the catchers that are going to be maybe available in the, yes, o- the offseason sure, for free sure. agency? Buster Posey. Who only has a club option, and they'll probably pick it up. He's going to retire. So he's probably not even. Or yeah. yeah, he's he's not going anywhere. Then Zanino. Florida State alum. Manny Pena is an actual free agent. Tucker Barnhart club option. Christian Vasquez club option. Jan Gomes, Stephen Vogt, Jeff Mathis, Roberto Perez club option. Wilson Ramos, Robinson Chirinos, Kurt Suzuki, Sandy Leon, Austin Romine. So nobody, nobody on that list fills anything. I wouldn't mind Jan Gomes. Wouldn't mind I wouldn't Young mind Gomes, Young Gomes sure. as a stopgap to get you to Wells because I don't think Wells is far off. I think Wells is a twenty later 2022, early 2023 guy. So I wouldn't mind having a guy that's a veteran presence that can handle himself behind the plate. You're not going to get much offensively, but he can – he knows what he's doing. He's been there. He's done it. He can work with the pitching staff because I think that is one of the biggest assets in its own. Gary Sanchez can't call a game to save his fucking life. That's what I'm saying. Like It's the little things like that, which I guess it's not a little thing. It's a major thing. But the stuff that you don't recognize because there's not a measurable stat for it, that's just so valuable. Get a veteran guy that knows how – to work with a pitching staff. Like we were talking about two or three episodes ago, the fact that your two veteran starters, Kluber and Cole, won't throw to Gary Sanchez is so telling to me. And Absolutely. you can you can bitch about the personal catcher situation. By the way, that's not happening Cole. anymore. If your catcher is well, really no. good, you don't need a fucking personal catcher. Exactly. Well, let me let me let me it's finish. True. So you can bitch about the personal catcher all you want, but the fact of the matter is this that there's a precedent that established starting pitchers don't want to throw to Gary Sanchez and you can call Cole, you know, whatever you want for having a personal catcher. And I'd probably agree with you, but because it's a trend and not one guy, I think that says more about the catcher than the pitcher. Agreed. I could agree with that. Yep. And like, so here's yeah, go ahead. one thing. Sorry. I, the, there was a lot to tie in with this whole catcher thing. Cause I think it's at the root of a lot of problems. But we're also talking about getting rid of a lot of people. And one name that comes to mind is Voight. And, you know, Geo's not untouchable and Glaber's not untouchable. If you're going to trade for somebody, why not trade for a catcher? Like, if if you're trading Voight and some prospect that's a long shot for anybody, 
the free agent market for catchers is dog shit. And we, but who do you go I get? You were just saying opinion, that catcher thing. more than anybody. Well, let's, I, I think we, we dive, let's that, dive into that. that. Let's say, let's save this. Know. Let's save the actual names for, you know, like we'll scratch the surface on it, but yeah, I agree with the premise of trading for a catcher. We got a long off season of topics to talk about. We can do a little more bit of an in-depth, like here's actual moves that we can make once the season actually ends. Cause we'll get a taste of like, what's, what the free agent and trade situation will look like. But the premise that, that you're saying, I fully am behind. And maybe here's a question on that is with our trade assets that we potentially could trade. Like you said, Glaber is not untouchable. I don't think that's even remotely close anymore. Like he's, his value is not very high. He's still young. It's not low, but you know, he's not untouchable. Voigt's also got low value right now as compared to when he had 22 bombs, but would you rather use all of our trade assets that we might use and use that for a catcher or use it for pitching? Starting well, pitching. Here's the thing. There's pitching on the market. This was going to be true. my next. Okay. This was going to be my next one, actually. Um, Carlos Rodon, go make an offer. He's a workhorse. Go get him. He's got a career mid three ZRA. He's not, he's not as splashy of a sign as Garrett Cole, but he's an established starter. That's been there. He's done it. And he's a reliable three at the worst behind Cole and Severino with the upside of a two. Go uh, make him a competitive offer. Kevin Gosman. That all right. We're getting into the dude. I literally just said burning content here, guys. We got a long off season. Let's not say the names then, but either way, the pitching market in terms of free agents is way better than the catching market. So if you're going to, you can improve a lot more through free agency and the pitchers. You, you said Starlin Marte. Why isn't anybody else allowed to name a player? I agree, but that's, I, I'm sure. saying this after because we start. We're now we're naming a bunch of players. I didn't realize the, the moves afterwards that you guys would make were all individual players because okay. that's well, what we're I, have, I have a non-player move. Okay, what's your non-player move? You make Judge captain officially. I think he's and earned extend it. him and uh, extend him. I think that's a one. Extend him and officially make him captain because I think that. I mean, that goes without saying, but I think that the captain aspect of it, um, there was not a lot of accountability in the in the clubhouse this year, and I think that the chemistry in the clubhouse and just lack of enthusiasm, and there was just so much missing from everything. You know, we were like, and... Yeah, we were always looking for a thing that would make the clubhouse fun. We were always looking for something because everyone just looked at they were not did not want to be there. They sucked, and they were all okay, okay with sucking. And Judge really came out and showed his captain potential when talking to Glaber when he wasn't hustling. You know, like doing little things like that. You know, all of his post game interviews were like all about the team. You know, like this is this is who Judge is. But yeah, I agree. I the think captain thing doesn't change any of that. He's still it gonna, does. He's no, still no, no. Do I that. think no, but I think that officially labeling it, I think that adds something to it. And I think that I, I think it 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 puts it more on him. Yeah, it makes a statement, and I think it puts more on him to actually like continue to do that. And like you know, he is the Yankees. You sh- that should be the defined thing. And I th- I do think that would help out. In order to make him captain, you got to extend him first, too. So, of course, yeah. Yes, so that, of course. that but needs to happen. That I do think that helps. I agree, and I think it's more of like a. I, here's what I was saying about that, and I I know it, it matters a little bit, but making him captain, you know, he's still gonna be that guy. I think more so what it is is that if he becomes captain, that means he's here to stay, and that's that's the more the bigger move behind it because 
like like you said, he's talking to Glaber and all those things. He still will do that whether he's captain or not because that's just the person he is, and that's why he's worthy of being captain. That's the root of it right there. So, but it's also yeah. it's also a respect thing too. Post-game. You know, like you, yeah, like, thank you for what you've done. Yes, but all, no, no, I'm saying like. It, like he now, I, I feel like I don't know how like you know the clubhouse works in the relationships, but like I have a feeling that new guys. officially labeling him captain, you know, like yeah, like new guys would respect him. Yeah, more yeah, like come he, in, like, he oh, this can is the change a lot. He has like official authority to actually like make change, however that may be. But yeah. I think that doing that it just adds a different mentality in the locker room, in the clubhouse, and how the whole team is gonna like the whole team chemistry. So you Did don't you think Gary should be captain? I think said, Gary should run away. He couldn't run. Did you see where he said he wanted to be a Yankee for life? Just by the way, yeah. yeah. Gary said that too, yeah. or Judge? No, Judge. Said I know it. Judge said it. I know Judge said it. I know Judge said it. If I Gary, Gary said it too, and if Gary said it too, I was gonna say he's gonna be like a Scranton Yankee. Somebody want to tell him? <laughs> yeah, that would be like, oh my god! I could see that uh, meme just immediately after that quote comes out. I was like, "Hey, is, is anybody gonna <laughs> gonna tell him?" <laughs> it's time to cut Gary. Don't even try and trade him. Don't you know how it was coming down to the line last year? And they're like, "Are they gonna you know tender him a contract?" No, no. This is all you need to see. Goodbye. Good riddance. Don't let the fucking door hit you on the ass on the way out. Leave. Goodbye. Get out of my locker room. You provide nothing. And and that's what I think the to change gears a little bit about why I'm still confident about this team going forward because that's that was the main question we asked when we came in here. Where do we go from here? What is going to get us excited for, you know, when we go to spring training next year? I'm not going to get excited if this team fucking we say it all the time. And you probably can guess what I'm going to say if you've been listening for a while. What's the definition can of insanity? I it's going to say run it back. It's it's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And it's just it's not it's it's now the fucking every year is like this, and it's high strikeout guys, high power, lots of injuries. Let's just absolutely overhaul. And and when I say overhaul, I don't mean like rebuild. I mean there is an opportunity to just. Trade assets away that are that are dead and they're they're not working for you. Maybe they spark new life on another team. That might work. People get changes scenery and they work out. Maybe Gary ends up going somewhere else and rekindling his career. Good for him. It's not going to work here. Sonny Gray, same exact situation. He's doing fantastic. Good for him. Didn't work here. Move on. It's not working. And and just move on and get me. And even if it doesn't work out. You're moving in the in a direction that you know works. You know getting on base works and all these things work and and you're showing the fan base that you're not like I won't be excited if they run the same thing out. I will be even if it doesn't work out at the end of the year. I'm I will be excited going into this year. I'll have hope if they do make those necessary changes to this entire team's just the the way they're in they're structured. You have to make those changes through and through from the bottom to the top. And another reason why I'm still excited is because Stan and Judge have showed us that we have a real core that we actually can build around. And look at it the same way that the, the Red Sox did. They, they got rid of a few big pieces. They re- retooled, shocked some people, but they're playing well now, and they kept a young core being, you know, Bogart's endeavors, and that's what you got you got to do going forward. You build around your two guys, your three guys. And, and honestly, if, like we said this at the top of the show, any of the people that aren't named... Cole, Judge, Stanton, Loisaga, and I'd bring Rizzo back too because he's the lefty bat of contact and great defense. That's the, those names outside oh. of those. Nobody, I, I think, has 
Can we talk about the Rizzo thing a little bit more? Because we were talking about at the trade deadline, we bring him in for one year, make a playoff run, and then let him go. I now wanted I him. A lot I wanted of people him. want to keep him. Well, because of the I way the Voight, the Voight situation happened. But then you have nothing to do with DJ. That's the thing, unless you're going to trade Glaber. And I would rather have a premier, i.e. Corey Seager, not to bring up names because I know that's taboo, but if I were to have somebody <laughs> with the initial CS as my shortstop, I, I would want Glaber at second, and I want DJ at first because at the end of the day, if you're going strictly off their bat, DJ it's DJ versus Rizzo in a bat competition. You have DJ signed already. He's not going anywhere, and I yeah. trust DJ's bat. I think this year was an anomaly. I really do. You don't just forget how to hit. He's done it since he was at LSU. Like <clears throat> he's got a batting title in both leagues. He's the second player or third player in history to do that. I really do think this year was an anomaly. He's playing with three or four injuries for most of the year. And he's, he's just a tough bastard and it's easy to criticize him. And I've criticized him myself and I still will. He had a really shit year and he should not have been leading off a post, I don't know, June. But I think if you put him at first, because, I mean, you're stuck with him one way or the other. I'm not ready to give up on Glaber. I think if you put DJ at first, Glaber at second, go get one of the premier shortstops, i.e. a Dodgers player, and then Geo at third, and you you go from there and you piece the rest together. What and if you could have both? How, what do you mean, Rizzo and Seager? Because if we're talking about leaving Stanton and left, bringing in a Marte, what if DJ plays DH? And what if Rizzo stays at first? That's a little out there. Or trade Geo, play DJ at third. That too. Like, whatever. What There's ways Gio, you could though? keep them both in no, the Not much, but. And I don't know. I just, I, we just can't. I, mean, I don't know. Now we're, now we're adding. Not coming back again. And Hicks, you can't rely on his health. So, you know, if Stanton's really going to play left and we're really going to get rid of Gary, then there is a DH spot there that you can use to keep both in that infield. All right. Let's. Let's let's move into some. I saw a fun article that is more op- open-ended questions about this team and what they need to address. Like six big questions about the Yankees. We talked about extending Judge. I think that's a fit. That's an obvious, resounding yes across the board for us. Um, next, will they make a big splash at shortstop? We talked about them going after Seager. Do we actually believe they'll do it? Yes. Okay. It almost I don't yeah, think I don't to be true for me. <laughs> did you just see Randy Rosarina steal home? I didn't see it, but no. I saw a tweet that said that. That's that such a slap in the face. That's just like while we're talking about the Yankees' lack of speed and excitement, and then I that that's sick. I um, we don't have a shortstop right now. Yeah, in my, no, in my it's, eyes, it's obvious. It's very it's obvious. There are five good shortstops available. There's five, there's five good shortstops, and we don't have one. I think it makes sense see, to go after it. It does make were, sense to go after it. They were talking like, to uh, Correa. Correa. I hate that. I would get. I think I would puke. Correa is my okay. least favorite player in baseball. I also hate him. But like, he also hates he, us, and it's just not going to work. No, I would. I would not root for him. I don't care. I don't like no, him at all. I agree. There's nothing that he could do. He could be the World Series MVP, and I just couldn't. I hate him. I he's just not. He's a, he has to be signed. He's not going to come here, and I don't want Luke, him here. He's I, the worst. I loathe him. It's beyond hatred. Is that I, beyond hatred? Loathing? Yeah. I thought that was before hatred. No, loathe is like an extreme hatred. 
Mm, yeah. I have no idea. You can fact check me, but. What'd you get in your SAT? We don't do uh, SATs in Florida. Well, we do. I took it, but I don't remember what I got. All right, I was going to believe you based on what your score was. but that was uh, Yeah, perfect. Yeah. My next question. What Wait, does on, the rotation sorry. look like? Well, you want to you continue Ooh, on the other one? The short steps, because I think we should talk about the Trevor Story thing, maybe. I don't think. Don't yeah. Uh, that has two things. The Trevor Story is in. Um, What's the story with Trevor? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, basically. But the rotation, uh, I think that, uh, honestly, I don't really. To me, it's Seeger or Bust on the shortstop thing. I'll make Agreed. that short. He's the left-handed. He's everything. Yeah, no, it's Seager or Bust. Because Story would be another per- home run guy. Exactly. If you get no, I- Story, he hits for some average. He does that. He does things right. He plays shortstop well, but, but what's he the bus doesn't. Situation? It's just the bus situation is you roll out there next year with nothing and you keep it the same. <laughs> but like my my whole days. thing is this Seeger solves so many issues. It's not Seeger to be your shortstop. It's Seeger to be your leadoff slash two hole hitter. It's Seeger to solve the imbalance in the lineup. It's Seeger to get on base. It's Seeger to solve your strikeout or home run approach. He solves five problems or more with one signing. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of money. Do you think he'll be available? Gonna have to... Seager? He, I yeah. mean, he is available. Do you, no, do they kind of think... ha- they can't really afford to resign him? I mean, at some point, right? Yeah. I mean, they. Just, I, I don't know how the Bauer thing's shaken out, but there's no way that you can be paying. Well, we thought as many they were guys let... as they're paying between Turner, Scherzer, Bauer, Turner, Mookie. Mookie, the other Turner, Kershaw, Turner. Bueller, Bueller. Yeah. yeah, Bueller. Like you can't pay them all. I mean, if they somehow can get away with not having to pay Trevor Bauer after whatever the hell's going on with him, then maybe they could resign him. But I, they, we were talking about that when Justin Turner was a free agent last year, and they were like, "There's no way they can keep both and get Trevor Bauer," and they did. So that's why I asked the question: like, will he be available? Because they seem like they can just they'll just keep everybody. Um, He's gonna. He's gonna require a lot of money. So I that he's he's more of a signing than like he would be like the Bauer move. He's not. He's not the but, re-signing Justin Turner move. So like that's why I think this one is tougher for them to to keep in house. And I mean, it's not only that, but he's disposable. They have Trey Turner and they have Lux and they have yeah, all that these too. other pieces and they've got a loaded farm system full of middle infielders. Trey yeah. or not Trey Turner. Corey Seager's pretty replaceable for him. They made they've made deep runs without him when he had Tommy John and the other you know nagging just freak injuries. They've been fine without him, and they have the guys to do it. They have the younger somehow superstars. Like you want to look at how an organization's supposed to be run when you have that much money in a large market. Look at the Dodgers. Agreed. They have a stacked farm, and they have the highest dollar free agents every year and that's that's why you can afford to let Seager go and not take a step backwards because who's filling in for him Trey Turner who is a premier shortstop in the league who's probably better than Seager yeah when you said when you said Gavin Lux when you said Gavin Lux I was sold let's let's move on from this and move on to the (laughs) The rotation rotation. so what do you think the rotation looks like because right now the rotation at the end of this year was Garrett Cole 
Jordan Montgomery, Nestor Cortez, who's been a revelation. Nestor Cortez, I meant, I meant to add, well. yeah, I meant to add him to that list of people that need to stay. Nestor Cortez, there's nowhere he's going. And to to be honest, I I forgot about DJ. I, I'm not. He he fits the mold of a player that I want to build going forward anyway. So that's another one I'd keep as well. We don't have much of a choice on him. Yeah, obviously. But I meant just like in terms of like if if contracts weren't a thing, who would you want if you could pick players going forward? And and those are the ones. Um, so the rotation: Cole, Montgomery, Tyone, Nestor Sebi. Cortez, and Severino. Though no, 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 I'm not saying going forward. I'm saying what it was this year oh, was. Okay. Those four, who's the fifth? It was basically Domingo. Domingo. Mm, Tyone. I said Tyone. Domingo, Heal. It was like that. Kluber? Kluber. Kluber. It was Kluber. So, okay. So, that was basically the rotation for the majority of this year. It was a moving. It was, it was, it was ever-changing. But um, what, what do we do now? Mine is Cole, Sevi, Carlos Rodon. I think I mean I think he's a slam dunk have to go for at this point, and then you go Tyone Monty I guess, and you give Heel one more year and wait for Tyone's contract to run out and inevitably. What's the deal with him? I he'll be healthy by next year. He'll be. um, There's just so and this is. Honestly, right here, this proves my point from earlier in the show. Stop spending $100 million on the fucking bullpen. You have so many homegrown talents. Excuse me. Loisaga, Heal, Medina will be ready soon. I was just going to say, Medina's the kind of guy who is going to be in the bullpen. He's not going to have the command or the control to be a starter, and he's going to be... The wise it go all over again. Exactly. You have all of these homegrown arms, and you've like Wandy Peraltas of the world, the Clay Holmes of the world. You don't have to sign 10 premier bullpen guys because at the end of the day, they're throwing one inning. Find a guy that fits the bill and put him in there. You don't need 10 premier guys and then just wing it on the hitters and hope that it works out you don't go sign troy Tulowitzki and hope he can channel 2007 you go get the bryce harper and you put medina in the bullpen i know i'm mixing eras there i'm just saying you go sign in this instance Corey seager and then you bring in one of your fucking million pitching prospects and work him in the pen the clark schmitz of the world clark schmidt can his only appearances, actually, I think he had a couple starts this year, but before this year, we're out of the pen. That's where and Mike King came from. That's where Mike King came from. And Mike King's been a revelation in the bullpen. That's what I'm saying. You have so much young talent that you can't have them all be starters. It's not possible. Where do the best relievers come from? Erratic starters that can't cut it for four, five, six innings. Go take those guys the Medinas of the world. And I think Medina can be a top flight starter, but for, we'll just say in this instance, he doesn't have to come in when they're young. Exactly. Work him into the majors in there. He's throwing 103 out of the pen. He's only got to do it for an inning. I just, there's so much unnecessary pressure and so much unnecessary money spent on the bullpen. When you have the guys to do it, 
And it all boils down to that same thing. And it's Brian Cashman's incompetence to do what he can with his money. So sorry, that kind of got off track. But the point is, if I were to make one free agent signing for the pen, it would be Rodon. And then you work those younger guys in either spot starts for the inevitable injuries or in the pen. Agreed. I mean, I mean, the, the glaring issues when you look at this team are starting pitching was obviously a weakness down the stretch. We're getting some of that back with Seve hopefully being he looked great. So getting Seve back in a in a full starter role, that's my that's my expectation for him next year. And I don't think that's crazy to assume. Not at all. I think he comes into a starter role. And I don't think for, it's assuming. That's expected. Yeah, expect. That's what I meant yeah, to say. And then, like, we're, I'm just picturing us going on our annual spring training trip in, in Florida, having a grand old time. That's And me and Dan were talking about this. That is my favorite time of the year because just expectations are through the roof. We're excited. We are 0-0. We we haven't we haven't blown it. Analyzing double A players. No. We haven't blown any <laughs> leads. Part. Everybody's as healthy. Everybody's saying they're in the best shape of their life. It's just like that's a fantastic time. The weather's nice. You're escaping New York cold weather. It's just what a time that it's going to be at that time. And I'm 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 trying to find what I want to see at that time that gets me juice. I'll be juiced no matter what. Just let's be honest here. We're all oh, going to be yeah, juiced no. no matter what. But. What's going to get me juiced to a point that we're not going to sit here on October 7th of 2022 and, and talk about the same shit? Speaking of spring training, I love spring training because if you lose, it's like, yeah, it's spring training. Who gives a exactly. fuck? Exactly. Like, we just yeah. got $80 all-inclusive tickets, but if you win, it's like, ha fuck you, Astros. Take that, bitch. We're winning the World Series. They get blown out on opening day, but who cares? Because you just won that game. Spring training is the best. It's yeah. just baseball with no... No repercussions. No, no implications. <laughs> it's baseball with no repercussions. It's just it's just unadulterated baseball with beer, <laughs> and it's and yeah. good weather. That's just fantastic. And that's I am I actually have a smile on my face ear to ear. Just I, I'm genuinely so happy right now, and I'm glad we and to be let's <laughs> we haven't even addressed the game, and I don't think we will because there's no reason to. We that can sit terrible. here. I wrote like down games. notes during the game of like what we no. should talk about, what, and we're not. I'm not going to. We could sit here all day and talk about how, you know, we had too many walks and Phil Nevin on sending him around third, whether or not that was a good idea or not, and DJ not playing proved to be a, a, a nail in the coffin for us. We could sit here all day and talk about all those things. I just did. That's it. We're not going to talk about it. Game ended. We well, lost. Here's the thing. No, Wait, don't don't get things- into it. Okay. I'm not. All those things boil down to what we're talking about, the bigger picture, because this wasn't a one-game issue. It was a 163-game yeah. issue. That's so why we probably we've covered. Yeah. We've covered all of it. Um, there's one thing we haven't talked about. Please share. Mr. Aaron Nolan Boone's Murphy. job security? Yeah, oh, I, yeah, yeah I, I just thought that was a given. Like, it's a given, but like... Who do you want? Like, that's the thing. Well, who do we know, want? Anybody. Do we actually think like Buck, he hasn't been fired Joe yet? Walter. A lot of people get fired the day after the season ends. Well, he doesn't have like a contract he, going into next year. Yeah, it's yeah. not getting fired. Yeah, I kind of forgot. That he, that they're just never gonna, gonna for gonna all hit his of line. the rest of my mind. It's been like, okay, next year Boone's gone. Next year Boone's gone. It's gonna be like Didi Gregorius, where he doesn't hear from him for like six months. Oh, I thought you meant like it's gonna be Didi as manager. It'd <laughs> be so funny. Jackie Moon. I would take the yeah player coach owner five years in a row. So no, right, I'm just so, saying. I'm saying it's gonna be like Didi Boo. Like Boo was like, yeah, I haven't heard anything. Like, guess what, buddy? Next time you hear from a reporter, it's gonna be in January, and you're still not gonna have heard anything. And Buck Showalter's gonna have the team 
rolling down in Tampa. Like Boone's gone. I think that's inevitable, right? There's no yeah. manager in Yankees history has ever gone four seasons without winning a World Series and kept their job. I saw that stat too. I, I, I mentioned so I've that seen up. a lot of good stats about like why he kind of should be kept around a little bit because like he's been good, not great, that kind of thing. And then no, yeah, he has oh, regret, no. regressed. We're but not, we're not doing this. He's got a, over a 600 winning percentage. He was given the keys Stop to a it. Ferrari. I agree. Yeah, he, he I got agree. the keys to a Ferrari and turned it to a Honda Accord. He had a team. He had a team. He had a team that was one game away from the World Series. Was given Giancarlo Stanton. Was given Garrett Cole, and he regressed. He was given uh, a no, team I that made it. They're just to the ALCS with Chase Headley starting baseball games. Do you want to know the odds for him coming back? Like I do want to odds? know the odds. So for him to not come back is minus 140, and for him to come back is plus 110. I don't like that, that those actually, odds are so close. I don't either. See, we need to get yeah. BJ on. Actually, let's get Colin because I don't want to listen to BJ tell me that the Red Sox won. Speaking yeah. of which, fuck his birthday. He had the best birthday ever. I know. That's what I'm saying. Why don't I get that? Every time on my birthday, it's the dog days of summer, and Cole gets hit for 17 runs in the first inning, and I'm pouting. She See my birth my birthday is fun because I have April, so like it's beginning of the season. Hopes are high. Actually, by that point, the whole team's hurt. So my my birthday this year, I spent watching us lose to like the Mets, and I was just like, well, "When's your birthday?" July fifteenth. Right. I'm also in the, I'm at the end of summer. I'm like just before Labor Day. Um, do you know who they're talking about to replace Cole? Or to replace Cole? Not Cole. <laughs> Andrew Heaney. Uh, <laughs> talking about Cone, Dave I, Cone. David Cone. Is there real smoke to that, or is that just people on the internet? That's FanDuel on the internet. Oh, really? FanDuel. Like, okay. Are, like, I David Cone, Buck Showalter. Love Buck. And I need to sign up if I want to read the other options. <laughs> <laughs> other names that I've been here. I'm glad there's real. I'm glad. I'm glad there's like real fire to that. That um, <laughs> I'm glad that uh, that's like a like a real name on a on a sports book and like there there must be something behind that. Obviously, that's still speculation. But among the people that were named on Twitter, I think Buck Showalter is the the overwhelming majority of people who are talking about that. You said Chandler that he he does want to come back. That remains to be seen. We'll see. But have other, you heard him talk about? Uh, yeah, the I, Yankees, I know. Though? I know. Moving on. Another th- other other names that I've heard. People are a lot of people, and I was shocked by this. We're saying a rod, and I, I cannot believe would, people are saying I'm that. Pretty, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be Yankees fan. No, I mean I don't know I, why like, he's the butt end of every I loved, joke. I loved him. When I he think played, if, but as a broadcaster, he's a joke. I'm and afraid manager, that if this is bad, I'm afraid that if he was the manager and we were playing the Red Sox, he would like stop mid game to go kiss Alex Cora, like or at least try to. I it, like middle of a rivalry series. He's more interested in telling the Red Sox how much he loves them. I don't even think A Rod likes the Yankees. I don't think he. Would, I don't think he would take the job. ESPN's favorite thing to do is to get David Ortiz and Alex Rodriguez in the same room and then show that video of Alex Rodriguez fighting Jason Veritek and yeah. just and then show the, all the 2004 replays. Like that. I I, I swear every time it's Yankees Red Sox, it's those two. That's one thing. Sitting at the desk and. All those same replays, and then they show Aaron Boone all the time. They show Bucky Dent, whatever. Who do you want? We, to that's one Damon? thing we can. Well, talk let's let about Damon about talk. He's just sitting here alone. 
<laughs> hey, I'm just listening. Damon's a member. He, Damon's a listener. Yeah, he's not. He's he's one of his. He's like all the Marks listeners in the, in the podcast. He just likes to listen. Honestly, I don't, like I don't even know like what the available like options, like, like true available options are that are like yeah. Are fuck realistic. the available options. Just who do you want? I don't fucking know. Paul O'Neill. I saw a lot of Carlos <sighs> Beltran. I would I, love. I, here's what. Paul here's what I don't want. I I don't. I feel like getting these like ex Yankees just like. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. I feel like that's just like more of a publicity thing than anything else. Like that's why I felt yeah, like Aaron Boone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I feel like when Aaron, when we got Aaron Boone. I was like, cool. Aaron Boone was like an okay player. He had the one great hit that like defined his career. Let's get funny here and let's talk about all the people who have had a walk off. Yeah. Okay. So he Boone had a walk off. That's how he got the job, right? So who Basically. else? Who else had a walk off? Odor could be my manager. <laughs> I would well, actually. Matt, Su- Matt Suey had a couple good. Okay, ones. he had a he had a, he had a playing game walk off like a big. I get it, off. but you know that's Here's why he has the job. <laughs> Here's the thing: if I could choose anybody, I would legit I would legit pick CC, but I know he's not interested yeah, in doing baby. that whatsoever. He would never do that. He would and never do other it, names just to throw them out like, there. A guy like that, boom. like a someone like a. Truthfully, I think we need a young a young guy that is no. you know a little more. Uh, Baseball intelligent. I want like, an old head. Nah. So do I. Buck Showalter is your old I head. Think you I think the head. most. Buck Showalter is a great choice. I have the most clear perspective on this out of anyone because I'm a Florida State fan. So I've dealt with the young hip coach really? that's driven the program into the fucking ground and ruined a national brand. So a la, here comes Yankees. Um, they did the same thing. You have the young, cool players coach. That's all fun and fine and dandy. But when he doesn't do anything baseball related that makes any fucking sense, you just dig yourself a deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper hole. You need somebody that's going to – and I made this comparison talking earlier. Luke, do you want to go hang out with your boss? Are you guys best friends? I hate him. Okay. You and your boss, it's fine to have an okay relationship. Damon likes his boss for the flip side of the coin. It's okay to have a good relationship with your boss, but when having a buddy-buddy relationship with them is your priority one, two, and three and not getting the job done, excuse me, I just punched my microphone, then you're not doing your job. Like It, it gets less about getting the work done and more of, oh, my God, I hope everybody likes me, which is what Aaron Boone is. When That's somebody a good point. Fucks up, when somebody fucks up, it's not, hey, like, say what you want about Girardi. He wasn't a great manager, but he held his people accountable. When he Gary fucked a- up, he told the media. He said, yeah, Gary fucked up, and I got pissed off at him. When somebody fucks up on the Yankees now, Aaron Boone pats him on the ass. He's like, hey, buddy, go get him next time, champ. Like, they have hey, a private, they have a private conversation do. and they don't talk about tell anybody about yeah, it. That that's for me and him They're, to discuss yeah. in the clubhouse. That's behind closed no, doors. Behind closed doors. You're a multimillionaire playing for the biggest fucking franchise in sports. Go chew his ass out. You're a representative of the state of New York. You're a representative of the Yankees of the richest franchise out there. Go hold yourself accountable and put out a product that's acceptable. You, you want here's the thing I think that like Girardi was a good mix between those two of being a buddy buddy and being like respect the fuck out of me type guy like he like because like you know he, he had this guy's back 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, like, I don't know. I feel like he had, I mean, like, kind of what we need right now, which I hate to say. But exactly. You know who literally, th- th- this will never happen again, and this is just fun to talk about. You know who I feel like would be a fantastic manager? Billy Martin. Michael fucking K. <laughs> Michael K says everything right. I've never, like, disagreed with him, and he always calls it like it is. And he has a job that works for the Yankees, and he still doesn't care. Like, he has that mentality. Knows baseball very fucking well. He's a native from the Bronx, as he likes to say. Like, he's just like, I mean, just imagine. It'll never happen, but imagine a world where Michael K is the manager of the Yankees. That'd be cool. How and the story of how crazy that is from the booth to the to the dugout. As well, that's what Cone might do. Yeah, but he's so like the, the, the voice of from the voice. It'd be like John Sterling getting getting the call to be the Yankees manager. So, I, I actual, can't see Cone getting mad. Serious, well, actual serious question. Because I've seen a lot of at least semi-reputable sources talking about wanting Carlos Beltran. And I've seen that time and time again. How do you feel about that? If Carlos Beltran is because his last stop was being implicated by the Astros, getting booted from the Mets before managing a game. I liked him as a player personally. I thought he was awesome, but knowing the effect that that would have on the Yankees clubhouse, what do you think about that? If they went out and gave him a three or four year deal tomorrow, if you Don't say like that you want Carlos Beltran, then you can't give me any shit about saying you want Carlos Correa. I disagree with Carlos that a Cray lot. An, Carlos like, Cray is I, an I, asshole. No, yeah. they're At different. Least... I understand that they're different, but like, you, I think Mur- that they're, Murph, they're very different. They're very. I think different. they're both ruined for me. I don't want to see Carlos Beltran. I was just curious. Carlos Beltran was the centerpiece of that whole thing. Yeah, he yeah, was, but he was the reason why they did it because yeah, he was bad Cray at hitting. So he was like, <laughs> he was the don't one. No, he was the. Named, if you were named Carlos and you're on that team, I don't want you. Yeah, true. Good yeah, one. Yeah, there he is. Well Score seen. one for Murph. <laughs> I like that little no, way. I'm, I mean, I'm kind of serious though. Like, Murph winked for I, the YouTube I, I crowd. Don't want, I don't want either of them, and both for the same reason. I'm with I you. dislike Correa way more. I liked Beltran as a player, but no, I did too. Everywhere you know but the funny? Astros. I was just thinking about when Boone got hired. I remember seeing like the list of betting odds for who was going to get Boone's job. You know who was on that list? It's kind of interesting now. Wait, when he got hired? When he got hired? Three, four years ago when they hired Boone, Giambi was like plus 400 to get that job. Oh, God. Like, now I'm sure he won't even be on the list, but like, that'd be kind of crazy. I want Paul O'Neill, dude. I I think Paul O'Neill is the perfect mix of. I feel like Paul O'Neill and Dave Cohn. Paul O'Neill would be the one you know who what? would just fucking get he would he would see you were saying before I don't think Cone could get mad at somebody said that. Paul O'Neill, his his thing is he gets mad. <laughs> he's like the Hulk. He's like, you wanna see you wanna know what my he trick is? Coolers. Yeah, you know I know how I stay calm. You wanna know what my trick is? And he I'm just always fucking angry. I'm always angry and he just <laughs> he can be composed when he needs to on a national like that's the biggest stage right there. He's in one of the voices of the Yankees. He would have to come out of Ohio, which he hasn't left in like two years. But I mean, that would be fun for me. Again, a lot of these names have there's no real rumors behind them aside from a potentially Cone. And, and that if the fact that he's well, on a sports book, I think Walter. But the fact that Cone's on a sports book gives a little bit more of a possibility to the the Paul O'Neill thing too, because that's the same situation. He's, he's an equal of Cone. 
You know, I mean, it's what do you prefer? Do you want a hitting? It's like NFL coaches. Do you want an offensive-minded coach or a defensive-minded coach? Do you want a pitching-minded coach? Honestly, the bigger need is on offense, so I'd rather have Paul O'Neill. Marcus Thames obviously fucking sucks, and we need he's not going to be the hitting coach anymore either. I saw somebody in the chat wanted to get rid of him as well. But I kind of want an offensive-minded lefty bat. <laughs> he can come in and be the Jackie Moon. He can be he can be our left our outfielder if we don't get Sal Marte. If we were going Jackie Moon, then Aaron Boone needs or uh, Aaron Judge needs to be the manager. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Like I I think if you're picking between the two of of Cone versus O'Neill, I think O'Neill because not be, and l- less because of the offensive minded stuff, but ma- mainly because you know would get mad. Would he's a guy that would demand respect, like. Because you know he's got that short fuse. It's just like I feel like he just checks all the boxes and nobody's talking about it. I feel like all these guys, like Girardi, O'Neill, and like Cone, and like anyone else we mentioned who we think would be a great fit, just reminds me of like an angry uncle, like give me the, exactly. the cool angry uncle. Give me that. I want yeah, you. I want the guy who, Dude, I saw. who patrols the cooler <laughs> at the barbecue. Yeah, like I like. Paul O'Neill and Joe Girardi just remind me of my uncles that are like brolic and get angry at little things. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> like, of old angry uncles, I saw somebody throw out David Wells. Spe- old angry alcoholic uncles. So. <laughs> I think the alcoholic manager route doesn't really work. Yeah, out I don't, I don't know. It worked that. for it worked for him as a pitcher. He threw a perfect game while he was shit faced. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that. If he can do luck. that, imagine what he could do. With the dugout. Just fucking loaded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You All right, guys, key to the game. You're gonna get. <laughs> My key, a key to yeah. the game is to take three shots. <laughs> everybody line up. Yeah. Every yeah, we're time. on a cold, sl- cold streak. Everybody take a car bomb before the game. We're going <laughs> to get wild. Oh, God. All right. I think that's that's it for me for this episode. We didn't get to the voicemails, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to. Whole off season to get to the voice. Yeah. We can do voice ones next episode. I'm going to assume the die. voicemails were all just everything that we just mentioned. And I listened to a bunch of them. appreciate you guys calling into the voicemail line. Voicemail line is 914-469-2168. We do appreciate the voicemails, and I'm sorry we couldn't get to them. We just had a lot to unpack this time. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of moves that need to be made this off season. We'll be here talking about them. We're gonna do. We're gonna transition from instead of Tuesday and Friday episodes. We're gonna do once a week for the off season. We're still gonna stick around. There is a lot of news that happens every week in the MLB, and we have a lot to unpack. Uh, basically, the off season plan. Like I said, maybe we could. We might potentially be moving the day to. I tabled this for the group Monday, so we record them on Sundays. It'd be easier for us. But regardless, it'd be once a week. Um, for throughout the whole offseason until we get about, I don't know, I think it's usually about a month out that we do the roll call episodes and the roll calls. We do individual player episodes. There are mini episodes about each player on the Yankees. We obviously want to wait until we know who's on the team to do that. Last year, it was kind of, uh, we started a little early and got some late ads with JMO and everything, but, you know, that's kind of the timeline. Those are released like every day or every other day as we ramp up to the season. And yeah, just got a lot of, off-season talk, just news and what we want to do. That's why I didn't want to dive too deeply into the individual player moves. This time I wanted to kind of scratch the surface because we are going to, once there is real teeth to these potential managerial moves, I mean, there is a lot. I mean, this is going to be actually a really fun off-season for this podcast because there is so many questions. It's not like we're, you know, 
the Dodgers where it's like, all right, let's just wait till next year and run it back. And like, it's, it's like, okay, there needs to be some serious conversations had and we'll be here having them. I mean, there's a manager that needs to be changed. There's manager that needs to be hired. That's there's pitching coach. There's all types of coaches, except for Matt Blake. There's too many players, one position, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of players and a lot of players that need to go. A lot of players need to stay. Just, and it's just, there's a lot. There's a lot that we can't get into this episode or we can't squeeze it into a whole offseason. And, and to be fair with us as a podcast, this is kind of our wheelhouse because the... We thrive the, in the offseason. The majority of this podcast's existence has been during times where there have been no baseball being played. So this is where we thrive. Can we say that still? Maybe we have a full season now. This is our first full season under our belt because we started this this podcast in August of... Well, cheers to us. Claps to us. Snaps. Um, we started this podcast in August of 2019. So we got like the back half of that year. Um, we got that playoffs and we had the offseason going into 2020. That season was cut short, so that offseason was super-duper long. That's when roll calls were born. We needed to find content. We did that. Um, shortened season, obviously. So, like, a lot of, a lot of the time. And then a full another offseason after a, a month of baseball, two months of baseball. So this is where we thrive. We, we have the content to, to carry us all the way there. We can definitely do a lot of those baseball trivia. We could save those. I'm glad we didn't do too many in the season because we can save those for the off season now and uh, more details on that to come. But just from the bottom of my heart, I want to appreciate and uh, thank everybody for listening. And thank you guys for talking with me about this shitty fucking team. It made this season a lot more fun. And for everybody listening and everybody not missing an episode, we saw the comments on Instagram and, and Twitter, just the people who, said like this thanked us for everything we thank you guys and it made me really happy to read those comments and you guys mm-hmm. are what makes this podcast what it is there's been ups and downs and you guys are are the the foundation of this podcast not us we're just a couple of idiots that drink some beers and talk about a team that makes us mad so we're glad we could share those times with everybody listening and uh if you yeah. if you're also glad Give us a review on iTunes. <laughs> Let's wait for that. I will say, big news, actually. Big news. In 12 days will be my one-year anniversary here. I thought you were going to say in 12 days I'm moving so, to New York City. I thought, yeah, because Chandler's... Uh, let's peel back the curtain a little bit. Chandler is potentially moving to the city as soon as like he gets a job, which could happen like in a few days. So and the apartment that I talked to told me I have to have my keys by the 14th. So that's one week from next today. week. You could do it. It's one week from today. I'm not so, but, sorry, fellas. But no, <laughs> but I, I think that's. I think that. So while Chandler acts like a, a robot, thing. we'll figure out. Because uh, uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, Chandler I would, could be you know, give you your could be with us. That could be good for the pod. Maybe some potential live stream situations going down. Murph will stay in the Great North where he belongs. I would be upset if he can't protect the North. Yeah, yeah, he has to be the defender. King of the North, King the North, up in the North. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but appreciate everybody. And does anybody have any any closing yeah. comments before we send this one off for the, for the season? Uh, the all season's fun. Stick around. We got a lot of st- fun stuff going on.
We we do like baseball. So like yeah, yeah. Like off season is a fun time. Like we can talk yeah. a little bit about the playoffs, but like not really. It's a little more nonchalant. We like to fuck around, have some fun. You know, nothing really matters. Just a bunch of opinions. So. Nothing matters. Yeah, nothing like, ever matters. Uh, nothing ever matters. So it's all uh, it's all fun and games. Go yeah. Jets. No, no, I'm not there yet. I'm not quite there yet. I'm not, I actually, I actually don't think I'll ever be there. They won last week, so yay. You know, that's something. All right. As always, like I said before, if you guys could leave us a five star rating on iTunes, it really helps us out. Subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube. Just search Bronx Pinstripes on YouTube. That's where we do the live streams. And yeah, that that is where to find us. So, as always, go Yanks. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.